Day 44. Life at the moment is marked by many moments of instability. Transitions and movement all involve a certain amount of unsteadiness. I'm constantly reaching out for things to balance. I have wobbled, but not fallen down. That was until today, when the mobility handle on the shower wall lost its suction as I tried to stand up. Having moved almost to a tipping point, instead of going forward, I fell back, scraping my knee on the shower door on the way to landing unceremoniously on my backside on the shower floor. Ailsa was slightly traumatised by the event, but no great harm was done to me apart from a little dent to my pride and dignity. It was nevertheless a reminder of my current vulnerability in trying to accomplish basic tasks. Instability and uncertainty are not easy companions. They have us reaching for additional support to cope with our wavering. This is true emotionally, mentally and spiritually as well as physically. As I have been reading a psalm each day, one of the recurrent themes has been David describing the Lord as his rock. It has occurred in five or six psalms so far. As I continue to teeter on the edge, I'm grateful to have someone to reach out to, who catches me when I slip. I appreciate more the gift of a stronger foundation and the value of firm footing, which does not mean there is no anxiety, doubt, frustration or fear, especially when the thing that is the focus of support at that particular moment comes away from the wall. Today, I'm thankful for security. Though I pivot, sway and stagger, I am thankful for the rock that does not rock. And I am grateful that I have not fallen over very much, because it does hurt a little. Psalm 44 is credited as of the sons of Korah. It is one of 11 Psalms who have this authorship in the Bible. But who were these sons of Korah? Their origin story is a tale of rebellion, judgment and ultimately grace. It started when the people of Israel left Egypt. God set aside the tribe of Levi for special service. They were given responsibility for the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant. Levi had three sons and each of their family lines were given specific roles. The Kohathites carried the most sacred objects wrapped and moved by hand. The Gershonites and Merarites moved the tabernacle, curtains, poles and furniture. Aaron was the high priest. His son served in the tabernacle and had supervisory responsibility to make sure everything was done in keeping with the Lord's commands. Over time, some of the community leaders grew dissatisfied with their progress and their status. They wanted the jobs of leader and priest for themselves. The book of Numbers tells the story of how 250 members of the council orchestrated a rebellion, complaining that Moses and Aaron had overstepped their responsibilities. Korah is the named leader of this revolt, along with Dathan and Abiram. The part that Korah played in this as a Levite is particularly significant. He was a Kohathite, 
one of those closest to the holiest things. He may even have carried the Ark of the Covenant and was a cousin of Moses and Aaron. He was in a position of trust and should have known better. This was not a dispute about leadership rules. It was a direct challenge to God's authority, marked by ingratitude, arrogance and powerful ambition. Moses said to Korah, Now listen, you Levites, isn't it enough for you that the God of Israel has separated you from the rest of the Israelite community and brought you near himself to do the work at the Lord's tabernacle and to stand before the community and minister to them? He has brought you and all your fellow Levites near himself, but now you are trying to get the priesthood too. It is against the Lord that you and all your followers have banded together. Who is Aaron that you should grumble against him? Then Moses summoned Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and they said, We will not come. Isn't it enough that you have brought us out of a land flowing with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness? And now you also want to lord it over us. Moreover, you haven't brought us into a land flowing with milk and honey or given us an inheritance of fields and vineyards. Do you want to treat these men like slaves? No, we will not come. Treating the Lord with contempt results in a quick and terrible judgment. It would have been all the worse had Moses and Aaron not interceded and prayed for mercy. Families and belongings of the key leaders and all associated with Korah are killed when the earth opens. The rest of the 250 are destroyed by fire. It is not a comfortable story at all and is a stark reminder of the standards leaders are held to and of the reality of judgment. The Lord is a holy God. Yet the sons of Korah survive. The most likely explanation of this is that they were adults by the time of the revolt and did not stand with their father. His shame does not wipe their name. Remarkably, we have the sons of Korah listed in David's elite army unit and in the names of those he anointed to minister in song in the temple. Knowing something of the backstory adds texture to their lyrics. They are marked by a reverence for God. Korah perished when the earth gave way beneath him. His sons are confident that God is their strength and refuge. God is a refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam though the mountains tremble at its swelling. They appreciate it is no small thing to accept the assignment God gives and to do so faithfully. Moses asks Korah, isn't it enough to be called and set apart? Korah demands more. His sons sing that they would rather be a doorkeeper. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. 
family failure is not fatal. What happens when we are young invariably marks us, but it does not have to define us. Patterns in families can perpetuate or they can find new shape. Korah experienced judgment and death. His sons grieve and lament, but the rebellion in the desert and the judgment that follows does not define the family for future generations. The name of Korah will be remembered through his sons for poetry and praise, more than his arrogance. In my youth I have suffered and been close to death. I have borne your terrors and am in despair. Your wrath has swept over me. Your terrors have destroyed me. All day long they surround me like a flood. They have completely engulfed me. You have taken from me friend and neighbour. Darkness is my closest friend. It is interesting that the sons of Korah start Psalm 44, reflecting on how their ancestors have told them how it was God who delivered and made their forefathers flourish because of his love. We've been hearing about this God all our lives. Our fathers told us the stories their fathers told them, how single-handedly you weeded out the godless from the fields and planted us, how you sent those people packing but gave us a fresh start. We didn't fight for this land. We didn't work for it. It was a gift. You gave it, smiling as you gave it, delighting as you gave it. The middle of the psalm covers their present situation and cycles through expressions of confidence, frustration and disappointment. These prayers and complaints resolve in a plea for present and future rescue. Get up, God. Are you going to sleep all day? Wake up. Don't you care what happens to us? Why do you bury your face in the pillow? Why pretend things are just fine with us? And here we are, flat on, our faces in the dirt, held down with a boot on our necks. Get up. Come to our rescue. If you love us so much, help us. God listened to their cry and is not indifferent to our plight. He did and does care. God loved us so much that he sent Jesus to get our faces out of the dirt and the boot off our necks. God came to our rescue. As John writes in the introduction to his gospel, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognise him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. As the sons of Korah remind us, this new life is not in our name, but his. This new start is not earned or inherited. It is received as a gift in the grace and goodness of God. Do you believe? Have you received? The gift is there for you.